anyway, I'm Diana Fleming. Um, I, are, are you recording this? Audioverse, I guess, is recording it. It's a DVD? Okay, raise your hand if you ever heard of the Lifestyle Center of America. Is there anybody that, in this room that hasn't heard of them? Oh, a couple. Okay, so let me just give you a brief description. The Lifestyle Center is a, a large um, lifestyle facility on 1,750 acres in South Central Oklahoma. So it's about an hour and 45 minutes south of Oklahoma City and about two hours north of Dallas. So that, you know, places it for you. Um, it started in 1996, and for 12 years, the Lifestyle Center ran residential lifestyle programs where people came and stayed for 18, 21 days. Um, and I'm familiar with other lifestyle programs around the country, a lot of good programs. I like to think this one was like the Cadillac of lifestyle programs uh, because the facility was beautiful. It was out in the country, far away from movie theaters, restaurants, shopping malls. I mean, you know, the biggest thing going there were the armadillos. <laughs> so that'll tell you how rural it was. And at one point, we had a very dedicated um, lifestyle, uh, preventive lifestyle team of doctors, nutritionists, fitness people. And the program was incredibly comprehensive. They, people got um, extensive medical workups when they came after, before they left. Um, you know, they had doctor visits, they had um, nutritionist visits, they had uh, an auditorium, and they had lectures with the latest uh, research in PowerPoint presentations. I mean, they were great, accurate. And, uh, you know, when the people left, they had a little book that kind of looked like a graduate school course. They had massage, hydrotherapy, morning worships. You want to fix yeah, this? Yeah, I do. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Time out. <laughs> it did work. It's I don't. Actually, on. That's weird. I know. Give me I, one sec. I'm gonna go over there. Yeah, that's fine. I, can I keep talking? I'm gonna keep yeah. talking. Let's see. We, the food was vegan. There was hands-on cooking school. Um, over the years, more and more of our guests were diabetic, so we made the food more diabetic friendly. It was low sodium, low fat, low glycemic. Um, you know, just, just a very, very comprehensive program. And for the most part, people got amazing results when they were there. I mean, I went to graduation after graduation. These were tear jerkers. And you know, their medical condition improved, they lost weight, their blood lipids came down, their fasting blood sugar came down, their fasting insulin, their CRP, you know, the whole nine yards. Um, so do residential programs work? They do. And people in other, all these programs around the United States, when people go there, they work. They have amazing results. So this isn't really new. But what we decided to do is we decided to do follow-up with our guests at three months, six months, and a year. Guess what we found out at a year? Yeah, most of the people, not all, but most of the people were almost right back where they started. And you know, it's pretty easy to get amazing results when you have an intervention. A lifestyle program is an intervention. You change a lot of things in a person's life. I mean, come on, it's comprehensive changes. And when you've changed their lifestyle and you're controlling everything and they do it and they don't leave, well, they're going to get great results.
right? The problem is when they go home. I heard guests tell me so many times, Diana, this program is fabulous. I love the food. How am I going to do this all when I go home? And I said, you know, God bless you, you'll figure it out. <laughs> no, I wasn't cold like that. But I mean, um, you know, th that's the issue. And you know, our program was expensive. It started at $5,000 and, and you know, the price went up sometimes to $8,000 for 18 days. And I have to tell you this, a small percentage of the people were very wealthy. They could write a check for $8,000 like I could write a check for $80, right? But a lot of the people were taking savings or retirement to pay for this. So when we did this follow-up and we got these kind of results, we started to ask ourselves difficult questions. You know, like this. Was the information we were giving them too much too fast? Was it like dumping? Was it like trying to have them drink water out of a fire hose? Were we asking them to make too many changes too fast? Was the program too expensive? Well, that was a no-brainer. It excluded a lot of people. We had a call center. You know, when people learned the price, many of them never called back. Was the program realistic? So let me ask you a question. What is the difference between a perfect program and a realistic program? And you know, I really want your responses. Just speak right up. What's the difference between a perfect program and a realistic one? Right, she said that you're realistic, you can continue the program. Any other thoughts? Yeah. It just seems like a perfect Right, and guess what? We have come to the conclusion that a perfect program is something realistic that people can do. Um, so I want to give you an illustration, which I just realized the remote control is not up here. Do you know where? <laughs> Sorry, forgot one important little prop here. Oh, here it is. Great. Okay, so we all know what this is, right? This is a remote control. This has a lot of buttons, but do you know that most people only use three or four? Yeah. Now, personally, I only use three buttons when I use a remote. I don't really want to know what all these other buttons do, you know. In fact, I don't care. <laughs> if I'm going to use this remote, I just want to know how to turn it on, change the channel, and change the volume. Well, guess what? Our 18-day program was like trying to teach everybody how to use every button on a remote control by the manual. But we consider this full plate diet book and the program that we've developed to go with it, our three button approach. We call this our three button approach. So what do I mean by that? This is not an intervention. This is designed to meet people way where they are, to meet people where they're at, to allow them to change when they're ready, and the price is not a barrier. Even people that have financial challenges can afford this eight-session program. So it's not designed, I want to tell you that out of the gate, it is not designed to be an intense intervention. And we designed it as an outreach for the world. 
We did not design it really for Adventists, though we are thrilled that Adventists pick up the full plate diet and lose weight by following it. But our target audience was the non-professional out in the world, trying to meet them where they're at. Now, you know, I found this amazing statement in my studies. It's from Manuscript 116, 1902. First, the scripture is quoted, with the pure thou wilt show thyself pure, and with the froward thou wilt show thyself froward. That is, as God meets us where we are, so we are to meet men where they are. Let us not, by refusing to meet our fellow men where they are, place ourselves outside the compass of God's love and mercy. Manuscript 116-1902. So if we refuse to meet people where they are, we are actually placing ourselves outside of the compass of God's love and mercy. And I mean, think about it. How, what more perfect example of meeting the human race where they are than the incarnation of God in human fallen nature? The incarnation of Christ. That's, that, that's an example of meeting the human race where they are in their need that cannot be surpassed. And I love the statement, Desire of Ages, where it says that Christ came and planted his tents beside the tents of men. I don't remember the page, but, but that always stuck with my mind. Now, we also uh, did a switch in our focus. In the Lifestyle Center, we were focused on diabetes. When we developed the full plate diet, we broadened our focus to the biggest public health problem in America. What is that? Obesity. Right, overweight and obesity. And we know now that seven out of 10 Americans are either overweight or obese. And this epidemic is really going worldwide. And here we, we can stop for a minute, right? <laughs> He's gonna turn it up as you start talking. Oh, okay. So what happened? It failed, the device, you broke it. No, it I didn't. broke it? Oh no. <laughs> it just broke. I didn't okay. Do that. Thank you. Huh? Okay, sorry about this. Is that better? And you know what the nice thing is? If you help people lose weight, many of their health problems resolve. And that's true for some types of type 2 diabetes. Another thing I want to tell you right out of the gate about the full plate diet and the full plate diet weight loss program is we did not design this for health professionals. This is purposely designed for a non-professional as a participant and as a facilitator. So when you, it would help if I turn this right side up. When you facilitate this program, you don't have to be a doctor, you don't have to be a nurse, you don't have to be a nutritionist or a dietitian. Purposely we did this. And you know, I love this statement, Steps to Christ, page 42, the Bible was not written for the scholar alone. Now we all read the Bible. We know it was for designed for scholars, right? Deep. But this is really uh, beautiful. The Bible was not written for the scholar alone. And on, on the contrary, it was designed for the common people. The Bible was designed for the common people. So you know, we tried to design this for the common person who doesn't have the knowledge that we all have. Adventists have a tremendous amount of health knowledge. Just being an Adventist, you know more than the average person on the street. Think about the person that doesn't know what you know. 
And this was the mindset that we keep, kept trying to have as we put this material together. That doesn't mean we sacrificed accuracy. You know, our 18-day our program, we wanted to be perfectly accurate and, you know, to the T. This hasn't sacrificed accuracy, but what we've done is not tell everybody everything we know about losing weight. Not giving all the information that we possibly can about losing weight. And aren't you glad that that's what Jesus does with us? He doesn't tell us everything about our life journey, right? At the beginning, if he did, we probably wouldn't walk it with him. So, you know, we're trying in this program not to dump as much knowledge as we can on people um, right away. The third point I want to tell you is we keep it simple. Simple as can be. One idea, the food part, natural fiber-rich foods. And it's a credible idea. It's a high-fiber diet. There's a lot of research backing this up. And three, we wanted them, people to feel empowered. So when they were introduced to this, they said, oh, I could do this. And that has been a typical response to the book and to the weight loss program. Oh, I can do this. You know, what good does it do if we give people tons of information and when we're through, they don't know what to do with it. They don't know how to implement it in their life. So that was, um, you know, our motive for designing this. So now, let me tell you what I'm going to do for the next 25 minutes. I'm going to do a little presentation to introduce you to the basics of the full plate diet that we developed sort of as an introductory session um, for businesses and corporations. What we're trying to do is to uh, help people in wellness, employee wellness, in companies out there. So this is a target audience, and so we developed this little presentation to teach them about the principles of the full plate diet, to, and we give this presentation to wellness leaders in businesses. And now at Chesapeake um, Energy in Oklahoma City and Kelsey Seabold Clinic in Houston, they are going to start implementing the full plate diet weight loss program for their employees as one of their employee benefits. So I'm going to show this little presentation to you. It will teach you about the basic concepts of the full plate diet and some of the things in the program. And then I'm going to finish up by showing you how easy it is to do this program with a little mock mini session right up here in front. But keep in mind now, take your Adventist hat off, OK? <laughs> keep in mind, this is designed for the non-Adventist audience. OK, raise your hand if you have ever gone on a diet. Wow. Oh, keep your hands up. How many of you lost weight on the diet? Any amount of weight, even if it was like one little pound. How many of you lost? OK, now keep your hands up. <laughs> now here's the kicker. How many of you have kept that weight off? Every single bit of it. There's, there's two, three. Okay, this, by the way, this is a terribly typical response in any audience. When I do this in a completely secular business, everybody raises their hand, you know, they've gone on a diet. Almost every single hand goes down for keeping that weight off. Well, you're not alone. Guess what percent of people who go on a diet, lose weight, go off the diet, eventually gain it all back? You know, it feels like 98% and 100%, but it isn't. It's actually about 80%. 
Now, if this has happened to you, and some of you it's happened to, because you know you just raised your hands and your hands came down, how does it make you feel? How does it make you feel when you invest your time, your energy, your money in going on a diet, you lose weight, you go off the diet, you gain it all back, and then some? How does that make you feel? Right, it's frustrating, it's discouraging, and a lot of people give up on weight loss altogether, right? So let me ask you, do diets work in general, yes or no? No. no. So what in the world am I doing standing up here talking to you about another diet, right? The full plate diet. It would help if I turned this right way. <laughs> well, you know what? As one of the authors on this book, I think this is very different. This approach is different than most diets. But I know that's what they all say. But look, how many diets do you know actually tell you to eat more, not less, to lose weight? See, the key to the full plate diet is eating enough to lose weight. So the question I have for all of you this afternoon is, are you eating enough to lose weight? <laughs> Does that question seem strange? It is a little strange because we, when someone's overweight, we consider them to be overweight because they're eating too much, right? Not that they're not eating enough. This is a critical issue, and we want to look at this in relation to the full plate diet. So let me tell you how easy it is to get started. You just get started on the full plate diet by adding natural fiber-rich foods to what you already eat. So you don't have to buy pills, you don't have to buy powders, you don't have to buy pre-prepared foods. You just get started by adding natural fiber-rich foods to what you already eat. So we're not talking about decreasing portions, we're not talking about taking away your favorite food, but adding. Now the problem is, when I say natural fiber-rich foods, that has a lot of negative connotations in most people's minds. They think, oh no, I've got to eat stuff that tastes like cardboard, and I've got to eat stuff that sprinkle bran all over everything, or maybe I've got to eat some kind of weird food that nobody's eating. But no, natural fiber-rich foods are foods you already know. You're already eating some. They're easy to get at the grocery store. You just need to eat a lot more of them. These are things like mangoes and strawberries and oatmeal and green beans and pinto beans. In the book, we feature 55 different natural fiber-rich foods. If you've seen it, you know. Um, but you know what? The good thing is there are literally thousands of these kind of foods, so it makes it very easy to personalize this approach. It's very flexible. Because if you or family or friends don't like one particular natural fiber-rich food, well, there's a whole lot more to choose from. Now, in the book, we call the concept of adding these natural fiber-rich foods to what you eat, powering up your food. Because the power to lose weight is in eating these foods. We have several pages of illustration on the concept of powering up, but I want to show you right now how easy this is to do. So I need a couple volunteers who would just be willing to stand up here and hold this poster and then turn it around when I ask you. I won't ask you any questions. This is not a test. <laughs> you burn more calories standing than sitting, so you know. <laughs> okay, just come. Oh, we got two right here. Look, oh, now we have three. Okay. I don't care, whoever. Thanks. Okay, you can hold this one, and I'm going to give you another one. But don't turn it around yet. Now remember, take your Adventist hat off. Think of yourself as a non-Adventist in a secular audience listening to this. Come a little closer to me, please. Great. Okay. Your name? Jane. Jane and 
Amy, thank you. Okay, Jane, go ahead and turn that around. So what do we have here? This is a medium baked potato. How many grams of fiber in the medium baked potato? About. A hundred. How many grams of fiber in a medium? Four. About four, you know, I mean, this is not absolute. If you eat the skin, right. If you don't eat the skin, you lose about half that. I was giving this talk once at the Portland Hospital, and it was a lunch and learn. And when I said that, everybody started laughing. And I said, what's so funny? They said, because we were just about to throw the skins away, but now we're going to eat them. <laughs> OK, so we got four grams of fiber eating the skin. That's not bad, but you know, we want to power that up. You know, we want to add some fiber-rich food to this potato. Now, most people add butter and sour cream, right? Just to give you a heads up, there is no fiber in butter or sour cream, <laughs> or any dairy product for that matter. So what we're going to do is we are going to, we could leave the butter and sour cream there, but we could also leave it off and lo lose some fat, saturated fat, we probably wouldn't mind losing. So we want to add something to the potato that gives it fiber, it gives it flavor. Come on, you know, a baked potato by itself kind of Blah tasting. <laughs> so what can we put on this baked potato to power it up? And uh, you Adventists always know this answer. <laughs> Chili, right? Okay. So this is, but you know, this is, uh, to us, this makes great sense. You have to realize to the world, it's like, oh, I never thought of that, right? So this is a recipe on our website, fullplatediet.org. It's called Last Minute Chili because you can make it in less than la seven minutes, you know, at the last minute. There's 12 grams of fiber in a cup. So we started at how many grams? We added a cup of chili with 12? 16. We increased the fiber how many times? Four times. That's as easy as it is to get started on the full plate diet. Now, what adds the fiber punch to the chili? It's the beans, right? Beans are the king of fiber foods in the natural fiber-rich universe. The problem is beans get a bad rap, right? Two reasons, the gas, but there is a solution to that. <laughs> and two, beans have often been thought of as poor man's food. You know, if people did not have the money to afford beef, they could always afford beans. But now we know, we all know this from nutritional science, beans are one of the greatest foods that human beings could ever eat. So that's as easy as it is to get started on the full plate diet. Now, you can take this principle a step further. You can kick it up a notch, as Emerald says, by taking low fiber, no fiber foods and replacing them with fiber rich foods. I'd like to show you how that works. Are you willing to stand here a little longer? Oh, great. Okay, oh, that's, this is yours. Don't turn it around yet. Let me take this one give you this one. All right. Now, before you turn that around, look, I know that none of you eat what you are about to see here. <laughs> I have to have this disclaimer. Um, but there are people in the world who eat this way. Remember, we have designed this to try to meet people where they are, not where we think they should be, not where they, you know, not where we are, but where they are. So there are people who eat this. So go ahead and turn this around, and do you know what these are, everybody? No, it's worse than an Egg McMuffin. <laughs> 
This is a sausage cheese egg McMuffin from McDonald's. Two of these and a glass of orange juice. How many grams of fiber do you think is in this? You want to hold it up so they can see it in the back. No, there, it's not zero. More than two. Four grams of fiber. So now you have just learned, I'm telling this to, you know, you've just learned there is no fiber in the sausage, right? There is no fiber in the cheese because we know there's no fiber in the dairy product. You didn't know this, but there is no fiber in the eggs. Now there is no fiber in the orange juice. Even if you get some orange juice with that, those particles floating around at the bottom, I mean, that's less than half a gram in a cup. So you might as well round down to zero. You're not really getting much fiber there. So the fiber you're getting is in the English muffin. There's one gram in each half, so that makes four. Now guess how many calories in this four gram breakfast? More than eight, less than 12. A thousand calories. Okay, so look, here's what you could do on the full plate diet. If you were willing to just let go of one of these McMuffins and the orange juice and replace those with natural fiber-rich foods, here's what you could get for the same thousand calories, but don't turn around yet. I just have to tell you something. I was giving this presentation in Southern California at a business, Cardinal Health, and, and the, the room was um, blue-collar Hispanic workers. And when I made this comment, if you would be willing to just give up one of these, and they said, I don't know if we're willing. <laughs> well, I said, hear me out, please. OK. So anyway, if you're willing to give up one of those, this is what you could get for the same 1,000 calories. You got to hold it so high. That's good. OK, so here you have the McMuffin. That's 450 of the 1,000 calories. The rest of it is an orange, an apple, a banana, half a cup of blackberries, half an ounce of 11 to 12 almonds, one cup of cooked oatmeal, and a half a cup of 2% milk. I use 2% milk because that's probably what people are using more than 1% or skim. All for the same 1,000 calories. That's a lot of food. I would be hard pressed to eat this, right? Okay, guess how many grams of fiber this is? Guesses? More than 18, less than 25. 22 grams of fiber for the same 1,000 calories. So look, this is as easy as it is to get started and to move forward on the full plate diet. So the question I have for you is, are you eating enough to lose weight? Are you eating enough natural fiber-rich food to lose weight? In fact, let's do a little self-check right now. You received a handout when you came in. And by the way, thank you very much, everybody. Give these two ladies a round of applause for standing here so long. <laughs> you received a handout when you came in, right? Yeah. All right. On the second page, it says 24-hour natural fiber-rich food inventory. This is a list of the 55 natural fiber-rich foods featured in the full plate diet. So what I'd like you to do is take the next minute and circle every one of these foods you've had in the last 24 hours. Now look, don't worry about the amount that you had. Don't worry about portion. Just if you had any amount of any food on this list since this time yesterday, since 4 o'clock yesterday. I'm not going to ask you how many you circled or how few you circled. Um, but the point of this exercise is, 
These are the types of foods you want to focus on if you want to lose weight and keep it off. These are the game changers when it comes to permanent weight loss. In fact, it's this, really this simple. If you are not losing, it's because you're not using enough of these natural fiber-rich foods. It's, it's really that simple. Um, now, personally, I'm not trying to lose weight, but I'm very interested in not gaining any weight. And I eat about 10 to 12 different natural fiber-rich foods every day. So guess how many grams of fiber the average American gets? It's about 10, right, 10. Now, professional health organizations don't recommend 20, but somewhere around 30 grams of fiber a day. And in the full plate diet, we're recommending people work their way up to about 40 grams of fiber a day. This is not an absolute amount, just a general target amount. That's four times as much as the average American is getting. So clearly, the average American is not eating enough to lose weight. Now, notice I said work your way up, right? Because if you're eating 10 grams a day today, you do not want to be eating 40 grams of fiber tomorrow. <laughs> or you will have very serious social challenges. <laughs> like, you're going to spend a lot of time alone. <laughs> and by the way, we've had people do that, you know, and they suffered. <laughs> All right, so look. Pardon me? Did you say gas station? Yeah, a gas station, right. <laughs> That's a good one. All right, so how does this work? How does eating all these natural fiber-rich foods on that sheet and in the book, what's going on there? How does that work? I want to tell you how it works very simply, but I need your help. So if you will humor me, I have two objects in my hand, a bottle of water and a sign that says fiber. So here's what I want you to do. Every time I hold up one of these, I'd like you to say the name of the object out loud all together. So if I do this, water. well, don't say bottle of water, just say water. great. <laughs> bottle of water, too many words. <laughs> this? Fiber. All right, so here we go. Natural fiber-rich foods contain a lot of? Water. In fact, did you know that fruits and vegetables are about 90 to 95 percent? And cooked cereals like whole grains, like oatmeal and brown rice, are about 80 to 85 percent? And beans are about 60 to 70 percent? You're good. OK. Fiber-rich food, as their name implies, also contain? Fiber. OK, here's this next point is critical. Please don't miss this. How many calories are in? Water. That is not a trick question. Zero. Right. How many calories are in? Fiber. Essentially none. You know, if anybody wants to talk to me about technicalities, you can afterward. But essentially none. So listen, this translates into three amazing benefits for you in terms of losing weight and keeping it off permanently. Number one, because natural fiber-rich foods contain a lot of? Water. And? both of which do not have any calories, they are naturally lower calorie food. So when you eat natural fiber rich foods, you're taking in less calories and of course that's going to help you lose weight. Number two, because natural fiber rich foods are lower calorie foods because of all the? Water. And? Fiber. 
that they contain, you get to eat more. You get to fill your plate to lose weight. So none of the skimpy portions associated with so many diets. In fact, that's why we named the book. Good. Number three, it's the and in the natural fiber-rich foods which fill your stomach up when you eat them. So when you eat a meal of natural fiber-rich foods, you are going to feel full and you're going to stay full longer. So none of the hunger and deprivation associated with so many diets. In fact, I like this old cliche, these are the foods that fill you up, not Right. So to summarize, natural fiber-rich foods are lower-calorie foods. You get to fill your plate. You're going to feel full and stay full longer. So here's the bottom line. The key to losing weight and keeping it off permanently is to eat lots of foods which are rich in both water and fiber. Good. You got it. <sighs> <laughs> Is anybody sleeping now? <laughs> so look, you know this as a kazoo horn, but I call this my fake fiber-rich food alarm. <laughs> you know, I'm a nutritionist. You know, we got to have some laughs here. <laughs> you know, fiber is a hot topic today, right? Fiber is being added to all kinds of foods. I mean, now there is a fiber version of Splenda. I, I, can you believe it? But listen, I have to tell you, when it comes to weight loss and permanent weight loss, not all fiber-rich foods are created equal. There are two kinds. The first kind is the natural fiber-rich food. These are the ones on that handout. These are the ones featured in the full plate diet. And the reason we call them natural fiber-rich foods is because they naturally contain fiber. These are the foods you want to focus on for weight loss. The second kind of fiber-rich food is what I call fake fiber-rich foods. That's because they're kind of pretending to be something they're not, because fiber has been artificially added to these foods. They tend to be the man-made, processed, packaged foods, right? Like the fiber bars. You're laughing? Uh-oh. You know, some cereals, now there's a fiber version of Fruit Loops. You know, adding fiber to something that is not good doesn't make it good. <laughs> there's breads that have fiber. There's crackers that have fiber, you know, pastas. Um, now, am I saying that you should never eat these fake fiber-rich foods? No, that's not what I'm saying. But here's what I am saying. If most of the 40 grams of fiber you get a day come from fake fiber-rich foods, <laughs> warning, you will not lose weight. If your 40 grams of fiber comes from fiber bars and double fiber bread and fiber-enriched pasta, you are not going to lose weight. Why? She got it. Most of these foods tend to be not rich in water. They tend to be more calorie dense. They also have added calories in fat and sugar. So if, if what permanent weight loss is your goal, most of your fiber cannot come from the fake fiber-rich foods, but the foods that are rich in both? Water. And? Fiber. Great. OK, hold on. I have to see where I am here. <laughs> All right, how many of you think you've been getting some good information here? Yeah. All right, that's good. Because information is very important for weight loss. 
We need good information. But did you know that information by itself is not enough? Why? Right, just because you know something doesn't mean you act on it, right? Just because you have knowledge about something doesn't mean you do it. I mean, look, how many times have you gone through a buffet line, two or three times, and you knew very well it wasn't going to help you lose weight? Or, you know, you're sitting at home in the evening with family or friends, maybe you're watching TV, maybe you're just talking, and all of a sudden this bowl of ice cream just mysteriously appears in your lap, right? You know very well that's not going to help you reach your weight loss goal. So while information is important, it really is only one out of 10 tools that you can, lose to, you can use pardon me, to lose weight and keep it off permanently. I want to do a little demonstration to illustrate the point that I'm making here. And I need one more volunteer. Oh, it's a man. Oh, good. <laughs> Are you strong? I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. And your name? Andy. Oh, thanks, Andy. Okay. So I have a popsicle stick in my hand, and this popsicle stick represents a tool, one of the tools, 10 tools. And it's going to represent the first tool, which is get the facts, good information, very important. So what I'd like you to do, Andy, is hold this popsicle stick in your hands like this. And we're all going to count to three. And then I want you to try to break it. Okay. OK? Don't start yet. So let's count together. Ready? One, two, three. Great. You did it. Don't go anywhere. Was that hard? No. OK. So just. Just like it wasn't, you know, one popsicle stick is not very strong, right? We can easily break it. So information by itself is not enough. It's not strong enough for you to lose weight and keep it off. Information might get you started, but it isn't going to get you where you want to go. So, Andy, we're going to add a second tool. Sure. OK. He's ready. So here's the first popsicle stick with the first tool, which is? Get the facts, right. We need facts. Now we're going to add a second tool. But before I give you this popsicle stick representing the second tool, I want to tell you what this tool is. This one's called getting inspired. Inspiration means your emotions are engaged or your feelings are engaged in losing weight. And um, you know, we love to pride ourselves in being rational human beings, making decisions based on information and facts. But I have to tell you the truth of the matter is we are much more likely to take action based on what we feel and, what, and know than on what we know alone. So what happens with this tool is something, something happens in your life to arouse you emotionally or stimulate you emotionally. You have some kind of aha experience, some kind of wake up call that motivates you to want to lose weight. This could be any number of things. Maybe you can't button your favorite pair of pants or skirt. Maybe you see yourself in a recent picture and you are horrified. Maybe the doctor says to you, you know, if you don't get this weight off in six months, you will have full-blown diabetes. The point is, you have an emotional experience that motivates you to want to lose weight. So we're going to add this second tool, which is getting inspired, to this one. So put them together, please, Andy. And now we're going to count to three. You try and break them, OK? Ready? One, two, three. Oh, you did it. Was it harder? 
Just, Maybe just a little bit. Just a little bit, okay. And so, you know, it was a little bit harder, but you still did it. So facts and emotional excitement is not enough to get us where we want for permanent weight loss. So let's just imagine that we have 10 tools. <laughs> we have 10 tools represented by these 10 popsicle sticks. So what I want you to do, <laughs> uh oh, he's going to do some karate. Okay. What I'd like you to do is to hold these in, in your hands and on the count of three, try to break them. Sure. You can't use your knees or anything like that, okay? <laughs> all right, so let's all count together, but you know, like this. All right, wait a sec. Ready? One, two, three. Come on. Come on, Andy. You can do it. Don't hurt yourself now, please. <laughs> okay, okay. That's good. Thank you so much. Let's give him a round of applause for <laughs> Does anybody else want to try this? Okay, it's, it has been done. I actually saw it done by a, 55, a 50, middle-aged 50-year-old woman who was um, a, a, a wood splitter. <laughs> she just came up there and went <laughs> um, But look, you know what? The, the lesson is obvious, right? There's strength in numbers. It's hard to break 10 popsicle sticks. So using these 10 tools makes it difficult for you to fail. In fact, using the 10 tools can make the difference between failure and success when it comes to permanent weight loss. Now, you remember when I asked you how many of you have gone on a diet and lost weight, and just a lot of hands went up. Then I said, how many of you have kept all that weight off, and everybody's hands went down except for two or three, right? The reason is because most people try to lose weight and keep it off with just information, some books, you know, some PowerPoint presentation, and some emotional excitement. But that is not enough. In fact, successful losers use these tools whether they know it or not. And if you're trying to lose weight and keep it off without using these 10 tools, it's going to be like um, trying to water ski behind a canoe or trying to run a marathon in four-inch heels or a marathon in flip-flops, right? That is not going to happen. Now look, we know, you all know, permanent weight loss is not easy. It's difficult. It's challenging. But the concepts in the full plate diet and the weight loss program that we've developed based on this book can make the difference for you between failure and success when it comes to losing weight and keeping it off. Now, just so you know what the 10 tools is, they are listed on page something of your handout. Page three of your handout. Um, and you know, these are not rocket science. I've got to do a little admission here. When we were working on this, I said to my colleagues, you know, I don't use those 10 tools anymore. My, my, my weight maintenance is just part of who I am now. It's just my lifestyle. And my colleague said, I don't think so, Diana. You know, they were, I think you use a lot of these tools. And I said, no, you know, I had to be right. <laughs> but then I went back to my office and I started thinking about it. And then I looked at the list and I started thinking about my personal life. And I do. You know, I use many of these tools to maintain my weight and not gain. These are the kinds of things that God has given us the power to do in cooperation with him. So that is the end of the presentation that we do for the public, for wellness uh, anywhere, but, you know, for wellness coordinators. 
So what I want to do is review the materials and then we're going to do a quick mock session to show you how easy it is to do this program. So if you, um, wait here, if you are a facilitator of this program, remember you don't have to be a health professional to facilitate this program, you're going to see. If you buy the facilitator kit, this is what you get for $60. There's a script for you. There's a workbook that goes along with the book. There's the book on a CD. And there's a 12-week uh, startup diary. Um, this is for people who are ready to take action if they want to record their water, their fiber, you know, their exercise, whatever they want to record. They're in action stage. That's for these kinds of people. This is what you get as a facilitator. If you participate in the program and you're not facilitating it, you get everything but the facilitator guide. The workbook, the book, the CD, the diary. This is $40. So that's an investment of $5 a night, eight nights. That is, that is within reach of people who even have economic challenges. And I want to point out something that you can't see because you don't have a facilitator guide. This is the script. There's two different colors of print here, blue and black. The blue is the script that you, as the facilitator, just read. That's all you have to do is read it. The black print is your directions, which you read to yourself. You obviously don't read those out loud. And the first time we had a lady doing this, she said, oh, she read, the, she read her script, and then she said, wait for response. Oops, I'm not supposed to read that. <laughs> But you get the point real easy, real quickly, rather. It's so easy to do. So um, I need seven volunteers to come up here and pretend like you are a little mock mini session. We're going to do this just for a few minutes. OK, so first of all, I want you to notice how this group is sitting in a circle. So if, in order for you to facilitate this program, you need to know how to read, you need to care about the people that are there, and you need chairs to put in a circle. That's it. <laughs> and the reason that we have people sitting in a circle, why do you think that would be the way to do it? And normally, they're not so close together. I mean, this could be in your living room, right? Your couch, your chairs in your living room that's kind of in a circle. Obviously, the circle is, would be a little bit bigger, but you know we're constrained here. Why would you Why would you have people sit in a circle? Yeah, right. It's you know one of the one of the one of the uh, points of this whole outreach is to build friendships, and this helps in building friendships when there's no table in the middle of you, and you're not sitting behind tables in a classroom situation. Research bears this out, and we've seen it as we've piloted this. When people sit behind tables, they're much more likely to check their emails, you know, text, have side conversations, and not interact with other people. And you know, we had a facilitator who didn't, who said, oh, you know, that's not really that important. So he, he ran the first session with people sitting behind tables in a classroom style. So one of our uh, employees at the Lifestyle Center called him up and after the first session, how'd it go? He said, yeah, it was OK, but you know, people weren't talking very much. And she said, well, were, they, were you sitting in a circle? He said, no. you know." She said, do me a favor. Just try it. Just try it next week. So he did. He put the chairs in a circle, and the difference was the difference between night and day. So don't avoid this, even though you think you might be gaining something.
Um, all right. So, uh, who, which one of you would like to be the facilitator? You're going to try? What's your name? Rhonda. Rhonda, okay. So, Rhonda, um, here's the facilitator guide. And you can do me, don't put, put your book and your workbook on the chair, um, on the floor, leaning up against your chair. By the way, you know what people are going to say to you? Oh, I have so many books I have to juggle and I've got my purse. And they're going to want a table. Just say, you know what you can do? Just set it down on the floor by, you know, or put it, you know, if it's in your home, you can put it on a coffee table. But don't fall, you know, into putting a table in front of people because it, it doesn't encourage sharing and that's really critical to this program. Okay, so as the facilitator, all you have to do is read the script. And the rest of you, I would like you to pretend that you are her weight loss program. You're the group of friends that she has recruited to go through this program. So you want to listen to her, and when she asks you a question, you, you, know, you want to answer it and follow her instructions, okay? And when you, Rhonda, are telling people to turn here and turn there, you don't have to turn there yourself. You know, you just read your script and let them do all the um, turning, exactly. <laughs> okay, so Rhonda, you're going to turn to page 25 in the facilitator guide to the section entitled Spiral Staircase of Weight Loss. And by the way, all of you in the room have the reading that they're going to do. It's in your handout. It's the back page of your handout. So Rhonda, you're going to go ahead and read and if you don't mind using this mic so people can hear you and then pass it around. And I'll tell you um, when to stop. Okay, I need someone to go stand by the light switch. Who would like to be a volunteer? We don't know. <laughs> oh, the problem is you can't get the effect with it. Is there, okay. Well, normally, Yeah, I, yeah, just pretend. Normally, you would have a light switch. This is not your. <laughs> Perfect. Please go ahead and turn the light off and then back on. Now, wouldn't it be great if losing weight was that easy? But we know it isn't. So let's take a look at how weight loss really happens on an out loud reading around. Turn to page 14 in your workbook. My favorite. <laughs> Who would like to start reading? Excellent. Give her the mic. Yeah, great. What is the number one reason people fail to lose weight and keep it off for good? You may have guessed. Not enough willpower, motivation, or time. But as odd as it may sound, the number one reason is they don't know how. Much research has been done to document the way people successfully achieve permanent weight loss. As you begin to explore changing your lifestyle to lose weight, these research findings can be extremely helpful. Successful weight loss is a process that unfolds over time and involves progress through five stages. Not everyone is ready to lose weight at any given time. Many people move forward a bit and 
move backward before successfully losing weight for good. We call this the spiral staircase of weight loss. This kind of two steps forward, one step back progress is very common and it can be useful. Each time you take a step backwards, you can learn from your previous progress and start moving forward again quickly. That's encouraging. Here are the five stages of weight loss. Number one, not ready to, do you want me to read them? I don't know, did you read all of that? Rhonda, should I read these? <laughs> five sure. steps? Okay. Uh, not ready to lose weight. <clears throat> is the first stage. Some are not aware or not ready to lose weight. They may deny they have a problem or may have given up because they feel like they have tried everything to lose weight and fail. Stage two, thinking about losing weight. People who are thinking about losing weight can see the benefits, but they are primarily focused on the challenges of losing weight. They are not sure they can do it. Stage three, preparing to lose weight. Those preparing to lose weight are committed to doing so in the near future. Often they have taken some small steps to lose weight. Stage four, taking action to lose weight. People taking action are currently losing weight but have not reached their ideal weight. Stage five, keeping the weight off. Those who reach this stage have maintained their ideal weight for more than six months. Regardless of what stage you are in today, know that the Full Plate Diet Weight Loss Program offers something for you. Okay, um, that's, oh, I don't need this. <laughs> that's, that's, you just observed how easy it is to do this program. This is really it. Now, the out loud read around, we took it from the middle of the program, but when it's first introduced, you know, the facilitator will say, start reading and quit when you want, and whoever else wants to start, you know, can read. Um, and so, the program is a bunch of different kinds of activities, some group reading, some alone activities, some activities working in small groups. So we mix it up to keep it interesting. But this is really basically how simple it is to do the program. So you can, guys can go back to your seat. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, so let me quickly cover a couple points and then um, Ricky Siler's going to come up here and, and give you some details on materials. Which, out of these five stages, probably when you have people come to a program, they're going to be in every stage, except for maybe the first stage. Um, but what, what stage do you think is most common for people coming to a weight loss program? Three. How many say one? How many say two? How many say three? How many say four? Research actually shows that the most common stage people are in is stage two. And this can be a real stumbling block for you as a facilitator because you assume that if somebody is at a weight loss program, they are ready to lose weight, right? They're committed and they're ready to take action. But the truth of the matter is most people that come to a weight loss program are only thinking about it. They know they need to lose, but they're only thinking about it. This is, pro this is part of the problem with lifestyle programs. If you have people at a lifestyle program, it's all action-oriented. Eating, exercise, do this, do that, do this. If a person has not made the commitment, they're not ready to take action, they may go through the actions, but they, if they have not put their will and decided, that isn't going to last. right? So if most of the people coming are only thinking about it, um, what should you, as a facilitator, not be requiring of the people in your program? Success, like? 
Right. Go ahead. I know this is, this is a new and hard concept. If most of the people in your program are only thinking about losing weight, they haven't made the decision, they're not ready to take action, what would you not require of them while they're going through your program? to take action. <laughs> that means you're not going to have them weigh in. That means you're not going to have them track their weight. That means they could go through the whole program and not lose a pound. And did they fail? No, they, but they may go through the program and decide when it's done, you know, I think I want to do this now. What other actions would you not require of somebody if you knew they were just thinking about losing weight? Calorie counting, what else? Fiber. Counting fiber. How about becoming a vegan? How about becoming a vegetarian? You know, we designed this to meet the public. We do not lead with veganism or vegetarianism. We talk about eating more of this, focusing on the positive, not eating, don't eat this, don't eat that. Personally, I'm a very careful vegan, more careful than I was 30 years ago. But I don't lead with veganism um, when I'm trying to meet somebody where they're at. And that's especially true in certain areas of this country. However, don't be surprised if participants make these changes on their own. They never say a word. We've seen that. We saw a woman who never said a word six sessions through the weight loss program. She raises her hand, and we, we thought, oh, what's she going to say? She never said anything. She said, you know, I put on my favorite pair of slacks, and they were big. So I decided to get on the scale. I lost 11 pounds. She was so encouraged. She had been adding more fiber-rich foods to what she's eating. She never said a word about it, never said anything, um, but kept coming. OK, now this is really important. If you're facilitating this program, and you know that most of your people are only thinking about losing weight, and it isn't an action-oriented program, what kind of mindset would you want to be as a facilitator? What hats would you want to take off and not be wearing as the facilitator of a program like this? She said judging. What else? What? <laughs> Diet police. You're not the weight loss police. What else? Yes. This is hard to get off. But you're going to take your expert hat off. You're not there to be an expert in weight loss. You are facilitating a program. What other hat would you take off? You already said this. What else? OK, the police, that would be, you're not there to control their behavior. And what else are you not there to do? You're not there. And this, <laughs> this is so hard to get these apart, as you can see. And it's hard to take these hats off. As a nutrition professional, I know. You're not there to fix it. You know, I, I didn't appreciate this, but I've learned to appreciate this over time, um, that I can facilitate a program and not be the expert providing all the answers, controlling the situation, and fixing everybody. OK, so that's very, very critical. So let me ask you something. It's because people are in different stages. 
that your expectations of them and yourself are different. And if you feel as a health professional that you can't take your expert hat off, your fix-it hat off, you don't have to facilitate this program. It's perfectly all right. We've had health professionals say, you know, I think this program is great, but I can't take my hat off. One was a doctor. Obviously, he can't. But he had other people in his church who loved the role of the facilitator do this program and felt very, very comfortable doing it. Now let me ask you, what is the difference between a teacher and a facilitator? This is a facilitated weight loss program. What's the difference between a teacher and a facilitator? A teacher is an expert imparting to you expert information, you hope, accurate expert information. You expect that when you go listen to a teacher. When you take a course, you expect to be getting information from an expert. What about a facilitator? What is their role? It's a guide. Right, so the facilitator role here is as a guide. And you want to encourage the information to come from whom? from your participants. That's why sharing is really important. That's why you want to get comfortable with silence when you ask a question while people are thinking about how they want to answer it. That's why you don't want to judge or evaluate or analyze what they say. What if someone says, you know, this week I added an apple and a pear to my bacon and eggs for breakfast. Right, you don't want to say, you know, there's too much cholesterol in eggs, and don't you know that bacon is unclean and it has such a saturated fat? I mean, don't you know that oatmeal would be better? No, but seriously, you would say, oh, that's a great start. That's a great start. So this is the difference between this weight loss program and so many other programs. And in the welcome and introduction in the script on page 14, it sets that out for you very nicely. You're explaining to the people in the program your role as the facilitator. So the best thing to do is just read the script and let the script do the work. So you don't have to spend weeks, you know, time getting the latest research study on this or that. Just let the script unfold for you. So how do you like the idea of facilitating a program instead of teaching it? How do you like the idea of letting people make changes when they're ready? This media was produced by Audioverse for ASI. Adventist Layman's Services and Industries. If you would like to learn more about ASI, please visit www.asiministries.org. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.